All right, well, good morning. I have the, the honor of introducing our guest today. Come on up here, Max. And so uh, this is actually, um, I've, I've known Max now since earlier this year, but this is actually the longest time we've spent together in person. Uh, he, was, he was on Jillian's European team. Um, so we met him, uh, Laura, myself, Ron, and Holly. We had a chance just to minister to these guys prophetically. Um, one night, so we, that was the first time we met Max, we've had a chance to um, communicate some over the past few months. And so when he found out he's coming through, he's coming through to go to Florida, he asked if we could stay. We said, gosh, we would love for you to share if you'd be willing. And he wants to. And honestly, I don't know what he's going to share. I hope it's on evangelism stuff because honestly, like, I, I don't, I don't, there's people that you meet um, that you're pretty sure they probably walk in the office of one of the fivefold gifts. And if, if he doesn't walk in the office of evangelist, I would love to see the office of an evangelist because he is a crazy evangelist insane um for you guys that have instagram um he has a couple of pages max humphrey music he's a phenomenal musician max humphrey inspiration he gives these insane evangelism stories that challenge the heck out of you when you watch them so i want to be like max when i grow up i want to be an evangelist like him and so let's uh so we're going to honor him let, let's pray first and let's let's welcome him so father i thank you for max God, I ask you just to give him uh, energy, give him strength, and let him just, um, and just say whatever's on his heart. So we give you permission, Holy Spirit, to do what you want to do today, and we thank you uh, for what you are going to do today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's welcome Max. Thank you, guys. <clears throat> wow. Such an honor to be here. I'm here with my girlfriend. Um, it's a privilege to be here. Never been to North Carolina. It was so nice to hear a British accent. What in the world? I was not expecting that. I love that. Pounds. Amen. Bottle of water. Come on, let's go. Um, no, it's an honor to be here. Uh, I met Jill on her outreach tour with Circuit Riders earlier this year. I was a musician on the team. Uh, she's a great friend of mine. And so I got to know Mark and Laura, and they so kindly invited us out here. So it's a privilege to be here. And I hope that you can take something from today. Um, yeah, it's weird to hear my voice through a speaker. But cool. Um, so I, I just want to share, I'm not, you know, I love to preach the gospel. I don't really preach in churches, but I just want to share what's on my heart. I want to share testimonies of what I've seen the Lord doing. Um, and this, this isn't because I'm anything special, but I want, to, I want to reveal to you what God has put in your hearts as well. Because uh, we're all called to preach the gospel. It's not just the evangelists. Um, for a long time, I didn't consider myself an evangelist either. Um, people just started saying it because um, we like to label things. But really, we're all called to preach the gospel. And um, yeah, I hope that you can take something from today, from whatever I can bring. But cool. Okay. So um, yeah, I... I was born and raised in an atheist household. Uh, there's no Christians in my family, aunties, uncles, grandparents. None of them are Christian. Uh, none of them are truly walking with the Lord. And I grew up born and raised in that way. Um, I saw Jesus or Christianity just as another random religion that did nothing for you, but you know, hypocritical or it's just hidden in a church building. It was all about uh, taking communion and singing the hymns and I was like, old people do that. I don't want to do that, you know, <laughs> as, as a kid growing up because I went to a sort of a Catholic um, uh, elementary school. We call it primary school, um, elementary school. And um, 
Yeah, so that's all I saw Christianity to be. It put me off. I was like, I don't want anything to do with that. Why would I need that? It's not going to help me. I didn't meet Jesus. I just encountered religion. And so that sort of left a mark in my heart for a long time, for the next 17 years of my life, to be exact. And uh, growing up, just as I became more lost and broken, and as, as you know, I sought after worldly things, which everybody does, we all have a, some sort of God or idol in our lives that we seek to fill a void that only Jesus Christ can fill. Uh, you know, so as I began to do that more and more, my, my pain grew, that hole in my heart grew worse, as it does for most. And with that, my, my hatred and my anger towards God increased because I thought, why is he letting these things happen to me? And many people think that, don't they? Um, because they don't know who he really is. And so I thought that way growing up. Um, Went through my teenage years, very depressed, lost, broken, uh, anxious, insecure, had lots of counseling sessions, just mind was a battlefield, um, various addictions, lots of struggles growing up, and um, nothing was helping or bringing me freedom. And deep down, I knew that I was empty and broken and that the things in this world can't, the things I was living for and the things that many people run to, and even still in the church that we go to, they don't fill the void and they don't take away the pain. It's like a Band-Aid, and a Band-Aid doesn't heal a wound, it just covers it up, you know. Uh, anyways, so lots of things happened. I missed out a thousand details, but that's, this is a short version. I, I was 17 years old. I was studying music at college. Um, as Mark mentioned, I'm a musician. I love music. And um, I was studying at college. I was just living my life. And then I, I was in my living room one day, scrolling through YouTube on my phone, just completely randomly had nothing to do with Christianity or God. Um, and I was just on my own scrolling through YouTube, and you guys all know Billy Graham. He's from North Carolina, isn't he? That's amazing. Um, so one of his preachers happens to come up on, my, on the suggested videos. Um, I had no clue who Billy Graham was. I'd never watched a preach in my life. You know, I had nothing, nothing to do with God, or Jesus especially. And... Um, I watched this preach. I have no idea why. I was addicted to things. I, was, I had nothing to do with God. I was not searching for it at all. But God in his mercy came and met me in a radical way. And I watched this video. It was like 20 or 30 minutes long. Uh, and I watched this preach. It was just one of his crusade preachers just preaching the gospel. I'd never heard the gospel. I'd just seen religion. And I'd seen people do things, wear funny clothes and do funny rituals. There was no Jesus, you know, and um, yeah, and no disrespect, it's cool, but um, <laughs> um, yeah, so I watched, I listened to this sermon, and it was the gospel, the gospel was a sword, and it cut my heart in that moment, and there was no way I could leave that video, that moment, without making a radical decision. It, there was no like one foot in, one foot out. I'll think about it. Maybe I'll watch a couple more videos or something. Maybe I'll, you know, show up to a church. It was like, I've heard the gospel. I've heard the gospel. I have to respond. And so I did. And if I'm honest, I did not want to go to hell. So <laughs> I, I made that decision for Jesus right there and then. And uh, at the end of Billy's videos, he does altar calls, maybe, you know. Uh, he does all schools. People run down from the, the, the stadium. They all run to the front and they give their lives to Jesus. And I was just on the video. So I just went on my knees and I just prayed this prayer. 
uh, along with Billy and, uh, and the stadium on the video. And I said, I, I gave my heart to the Lord in that moment. And I made a decision to turn away from my own life and to give it up and to follow Jesus Christ, which is almost six years ago now, six years in February, um, which is exactly the exact month that Billy passed away is when this video I have no clue what sort of coincidence that was, but I watched it and I, I knew I had to, um, I knew I had to give everything to Jesus. Years of addictions I just left behind, never even looked at them again. Um, pornography, you know, the classic, like I had no gauge for sin. I wasn't a Christian, so I did not care, you know. But after that video, I never, ever, ever touched that sort of stuff again. Uh, even swearing, my mouth was like sewage um, and just completely cut it out, alcohol, the whole lot. Just, there was no way I wanted anything in my life that was going to hinder me from more of Jesus. And, yeah, and, and that's because the gospel, my eyes were opened, you know? They were, I was blind, but now I see. And so I left my old life behind and followed Jesus. It was a process. I had no clue how to be a Christian. I had no Christians in my life, not friends or family, no one. I just had Billy Graham videos, so... <laughs> Um, that's seriously it like every day I just watched all these videos um, and so yeah I'm well acquainted with the North Carolina accent I suppose but it, it was it was great and um, yeah so I knew what I, I I did what I knew to do best from going growing up at a Christian school uh, I bought a bible I bought the oldest bible I could find because I thought that would make me more Christian so I bought this like I promise it was like pre-King James. It was so old. I couldn't understand anything, but I forced myself to read it. Anyways, um, so it was a process of, you know, eventually finding a church. I ended up going to a Hillsong church because it was nearby and then prop, like publicly confessed. That was 10 months later. So I went 10 months of like stumbling my way through Christianity, trying to be a Christian as best I could. Um, sort of getting stuck under a lot of religiosity because... I, that's all I knew from growing up. I also had a performance, quite a performance-based relationship with my dad, so I saw God the same way. Uh, so that was a, definitely a process, not an easy time. But I knew, even, even beneath all the pain and the struggle of like, just dealing with religion, like how do I actually meet Jesus? Like, even still, there was such a conviction. I'm not saying this because I'm anything special. I'm saying because um, this is the, when we really see who Jesus is, it should put such a grit in our hearts of like, I will do anything to follow you, no matter how painful it is for me. And um, I believe that's how the disciples lived as well. Pretty much all of them were uh, uh, martyred, you know, for what they believed. And it was a joy for them. If you look at Stephen in Acts chapter 7, I believe, or 8, and he was, did not have a problem with having stones thrown at his head for the gospel, you know. And so I'm nothing like them, I, I, I wish to be, but I, um, yeah, there was nothing that was going to stop me from more of Jesus, so I had to just continue to pursue after him. Those 10 months are very difficult. Ended up in a Hillsong church, found a community, finally, praise God, and um, that's when my life really began to change. Um, I, lots of amazing things happened, just broke free of lots of fear. Uh, I had a, fear was gripping my life. I, I barely could talk to people or hold conversations, and now I'm holding a mic in front of all you guys, you know. Um, and yeah, it's crazy. I, I couldn't even make conversations with people. I just had close friends, and that was it. And yeah, so the Lord did so many things. And I'm so thankful. And 
ever since then, my life's just been a journey following him, glory to glory. Um, praise God. And uh, he's restored my, my heart, my, my, my purpose, and it's a privilege to, to serve him and live for him. So that's just a bit of my story, um, my personal testimony. Um, and I just want to share, uh, just, I, I'm, as Mark said, I'm, I'm predominantly an evangelist. I love to preach the gospel, and I, and I would love to um, <clears throat> speak on that topic for, for you guys today. Um, I feel most confident and comfortable in that area. Um, and I find myself, I find the Lord leading me to do that more than anything else. Uh, and it's an absolute privilege. Um, so, yeah. Um, when I began to, uh, I began to hang out with more fiery Christians. I actually hopped on a circuit rider tour almost four years ago, right before the pandemic in England. I'd never met missionaries before, but God just supernaturally ordained for me to drum, play drums on their team. Uh, and I, I just knew they were Christians. I had no clue they were these fiery, crazy revivalist people. So, and I'd never really experienced like um, missionaries or fiery, the Holy Spirit really. So it was, a, it was definitely being thrown in the deep end, uh, but it was great. It set me on fire and just being around those people that are really walking in obedience to the Holy Spirit every day um, was incredible for me to witness. And it, it convicted me and made me realize, gosh, there's so much more for me to walk in. And I just, it just burst this hunger inside of me of, Jesus, I want more of you. I don't want to just be comfortable. I, don't, I really don't believe comfortable Christianity is Christianity at all. And maybe you've heard that, but um, I'm not trying to say like cliche Christianese sayings here, but this is real. Like if we're comfortable with where we're at, I think there's, there's probably a problem there. Our comfort should come from being in him, hiding inside of him. He should be our protection and shelter, not the comfortable Christian life of just showing up to church on a Sunday and a Wednesday evening and, and serving and doing your bit, but rather being at the feet of Jesus uh, and, 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 and seeking after more of him. Um, and with that being said, there's, there's one thing that I know is a guarantee in the kingdom of heaven, and it's that the hungry get fed, which is, what a gift, right? And Jesus said in Matthew 5, 8, I believe, um, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. We shall be filled. So it's worth, um, it's worth doing that. And being on this tour in 2020 just birthed this hunger and this thirst in me, this zeal of like, I want to be like them and more. I, I want to burn for you, Jesus. You said, Jesus said, even greater work than what he did, we will do. That's crazy to think about. And I haven't seen those greater works yet in my life, and I'm not satisfied. I, I want to go after him more. I want to see that more in my own life. Hands up if you are the same. All right, good. There should be every hand, I hope. Um, so, where was I? Yeah, and so um, I saw them evangelizing, and it just birthed this thing in me of like Jesus. I don't care about being some evangelist, evangelist Max, or all that. I don't, I don't give a monkey's about that. What I care about is bringing you your reward. And Jesus, in the Bible, it says, um, "Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive the reward of his suffering." And so the crucified life is is worth it. Jesus gets his reward in the crucified life. When we deny ourselves daily, pick up our cross and follow him, that's when Jesus is glorified. I believe he loves that kind of life and he rests on that life. But the comfortable one, 
where we just sort of say, this is what Christianity looks like. I'm going to just sit here and cruise for the rest of my life. And then, you know, white picket fence Christianity. Has anyone heard of that saying before? Yeah. Um, I don't believe God delights in that kind of life. And so I aspire not to live like that. That's actually probably a nightmare for me more than anything else. I don't want to live that way. And so as I began to walk this out and I would go around, you know, England or Europe um, just with Jesus, he would just... Holy Spirit would just begin to whisper things to my heart. And as I began to respond in obedience, that voice became more and more clear. Um, and so as I began to hear the voice of God and respond in obedience, uh, suddenly I could, oh, this is God. This is, this is the Holy Spirit. And now I know, and, and as you spend time with him, and as you practice that, walking with him, talking with him, being with the Lord, uh, he will give you his heart for people, for the broken, lost world around us and so and this world is our mission field so we we need to have his heart you know we don't belong here um so oh there's so much i want to say i need to try and not go everywhere at once but so anyway holy spirit would just whisper things like what about that one you know i'm in the supermarket or the grocery store you know and (laughs) that was my american accent um (laughs) and god would just and I, half the time I wouldn't want to. I'd be like, I'm tired, Lord. I just want to go home and eat food or just play music or something, you know. Um, but the Holy Spirit, I would always feel this prompting. What about that one? Or what was the other thing? Uh, why not share the gospel that saved you to that person? Not, don't just be a nice person or smile and wave, but actually preach the gospel that will save their soul, you know. Um, being a nice person is great, but I haven't seen... Um, anybody truly hear and receive the gospel through just a smile or a Jesus loves you. Though those things are great and sometimes that's all you have time for. But preaching the real, the full gospel uh, changes lives, changes eternities and it's, it's 100% worth it. I can tell you from experience and you don't have to turn there because it's just one verse but Acts chapter 8, 35, I love the story of when Philip is led by the Spirit of God to the Enoch Enoch, is that right? Is that how you say it? Eunuch. <laughs> That's what I meant to say. So, <laughs> um, so Acts, 30, Acts 8, 35. Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning with this scripture, uh, I believe the scripture is from Isaiah, uh, he told this eunuch the, the good news about Jesus. Uh, and so beginning with where God placed him and the scripture that the eunuch, the person brought to him saying hey I don't understand the scripture from Isaiah could you explain it to me from that place Peter then preached the gospel um, and then from there the eunuch got saved and baptized in fact the eunuch said hey there's water over here can't I just get baptized so it was that again that radical conviction of like I you know if this is real it's a no-brainer I don't want to waste my time I, I want I want to give everything for Jesus, you know? I I want to get baptized. If that's what Jesus said, repent and be baptized, and that's what I need. And so that was the eunuch's response to the real gospel, you know? And Philip didn't say, oh, well, you know, I don't feel like an evangelist today, so let's wait and get John or James to do it instead, you know? But rather, he loved the Lord and wanted to just do what God said. It's not about titles or giftings or anything. It's just about loving him, with our lives, not just our words or our voices in church, you know? And the world would look radically different, I strongly believe, if the church 
and I'm not accusing because I'm not perfect, but um, if, if we lived out what we sung in church, the world would look radically different and that's what I desire to see. And so, have, are we all tracking? Am I making sense? Or am I? Okay, good. Praise God. So I just want to share a couple of testimonies, yeah, testimonies, if that's okay. Um, I think, yeah. So this is just from promptings from the Holy Spirit. I rarely ever go outside with the intention of, I'm going to preach the gospel and evangelize today. Uh, I just go outside to do my thing, and then God will talk to me and tell me to t- share the gospel with someone. And I've seen far more fruit, for me personally, in just doing that and just w- going out to the gym or going somewhere um, or to church or something and, or to work and then just responding to those little promptings of the Holy Spirit. There's been so much fruit just from doing that day by day uh, as opposed to like, okay, it's Wednesday evening, two-hour outreach, here we go. You know, just for me, like I've seen less fruit in doing that but rather just in simple partnership with the Lord um, there's been so much fruit from that and I think it's an uh, um, amazing thing of how Holy Spirit lives in us he doesn't want to just like it's not, it shouldn't be an on and an off switch it really shouldn't and so I'll just start with this testimony my girlfriend and I we were driving here last night we actually arrived at 4am it was crazy but um, I've had an energy drink so it's okay don't worry um, and we stopped off at one of the gas stations or I call it petrol station um, and we, we stopped to just get some petrol, get some food and things. Um, and we were in the car, we were about to leave, but my hands were sticky from the food I was eating. So I went to go back inside to wash my hands. Okay, maybe too much information, I don't know. Um, and I was walking back in, and as I walked uh, through the door, there's like two doors, and as I walked in between the two doors, these two guys are walking out, and I, I wasn't going to share with them. I was absolutely exhausted. I, you know, like God, maybe another time. You know, I'll just, I just need to wash my hands and go. Um, but as I walked past the second guy, he, he, he said something to me. And as he, sp- as he spoke, just a puff of smoke came out of his mouth. He was high. And I just felt compassion for him straight away. It was like, I, it was like the Holy Spirit was tugging my heart. I couldn't not share the gospel with him. I couldn't not share the, the hope that set me free. I didn't do drugs, but I did many other things. I was once in that guy's position. You know, and how selfish would it be for us to withhold what has set us free from other people, to withhold that from other people? You know, to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, I believe is one of the greatest privilege that a Christian can have on this earth. And I was planning on sharing this a bit later, but there are many things that we can do in the Christian life. We can worship, we can pray, we can have fellowship. Um, I believe, you know, all of those things are in heaven as well. And we should 100% do them all the time. That's what the Bible says, 100%. But there's one thing that I know we won't be able to do in heaven, which is preach the gospel and evangelize. Everybody's already saved up there, you know. (laughs) They don't need the gospel. They're already living it. They're already with the word of God in person, uh, face to face. So I believe it's the greatest privilege to preach the gospel, um, or one of the greatest privileges a Christian can have on this earth. It's to preach the gospel and, and to uh, be a witness, to be a light in this dark world, to be salt of the earth. And so um, I hope that makes sense. But for me, that, that convicts me every day of like, it is a privilege to do this, uh, not a burden. And so anyways, I saw these two guys and um, I just ha- had compassion for them, knew I needed to talk to them, 
shared Jesus with them. And uh, one of the guys was like, yeah, Jesus is great, man. I go to church, you know, while smoke is pouring out of his mouth and he's high as a kite. And um, uh, what was he saying? Um, I love Jesus, you know, but I just want to have fun as well, is what he said. Uh, and so he was, he was high and he was, didn't want God to take away his fun. And this happened just last night, probably like 10 hours ago. Um, and I said, I said a couple of things, but I basically said, Jesus doesn't want to take away your fun, but he knows what's best for you. He made you, he designed you. You know, he forms you in your mother's womb, Psalm 139 says. Um, he doesn't want to take away your fun, but he is joy. And there, there is what you can have in Jesus Christ, nothing, no drug, no high of this world can even come close. Not, it's not even comparable. It's incomparably far apart. Um, so I shared that with him. I shared more of my testimony. And as he was hearing the gospel, as he was hearing the heart of Jesus, he began to open up. So at first he was shut off and he was making jokes like, yeah, I love Jesus, but I love weed as well. You know, something along those lines he was saying. And then as he began to hear the gospel, his heart opened up and he said, you know what, man? It was almost as if, it was almost as if the high sort of just left him in one moment. He, he, he was sane. Does that make sense? Like he, he was conscious, if that makes sense. And he just... He let go of the door that he was holding open for me and um, which just sh- shared his heart. He said, actually, bro, I'm, I'm really having a hard time right now. I've just broken up with my girlfriend uh, and my friend. He was with his friend. There was two of them, Sean and Brady, I think their names were. Um, and he was like, my friend just picked me up because, so we could hang out together because I was just bawling my eyes out because I'm, I'm so upset about this breakup is what he was saying. And uh, I, could see, I could see that in his eyes. He was covering up by just being a nice, happy sort of person or trying to. He was putting on a front. But really, as he heard the gospel, see, Jesus doesn't mess around. He doesn't just tickle us. But he cuts right to the heart. And so when you hear that gospel, you, you cannot hide. It exposes everything, you know? And so as, as he heard the gospel, he just opened up to me, said, I've, I've really been struggling and... I really needed this, and I really believe God ordained this moment. He's grown up in church. I think his, fam- his parents are Christian or something, but he, uh, he wasn't walking with the Lord. You know, he sort of said he was, but when I said, like, do you know Jesus? Do you really have the Holy Spirit inside of you? Have you given him your life? He said, no, actually, I don't. I'm not walking with Jesus in that way. And so, because the gospel will convict, you know, it's a sword. And um, it's really important that we use that sword. Um, to, to cut away the stuff that, that blocks people from the living God. You know, it's so important. So anyways, um, I'm trying to remember this story as best I can, but basically um, God was touching him and, and his friend. And then we came to a conclusion. I preached the gospel, shared my testimony. And they said, yes, we both want to recommit everything back to Jesus and truly follow with him, uh, follow him. And, and before, they, before we prayed and made that, sort of practical decision, um, I said to them, look, this is not just a prayer. If you don't live this out tomorrow and every other day, there is no point praying it right now. It's not about numbers and how many prayers you can get people to pray. God isn't interested in that. He's interested in you making disciples. And so I got their Instagrams because that's the best I could do in the moment. We were in Virginia. I have no clue about churches in Virginia, but <laughs> I've got their Instagram and there's a lot of sort of Jesus-related stuff on my Instagram. So, and I've sent them some videos and things. And we prayed a prayer and we made that decision for Jesus. And 
they repeated after me, just recommitting everything back to God. And uh, I, could, I, could, I could hear in the guy's voice, the one who just went through the breakup, he was crying and he was really encountering the Lord. We finished the prayer and he had tears streaming down his face. Not that tears is an achievement, but you know, God was touching him and that's what matters. And, um, and then we gave him a hug and, and the Lord really healed his heart in that moment. And so he was running and then he said, I'm going to throw these drugs away. I don't need this anymore. Uh, which is amazing. So we, we, he was running to temporary things, but God was after him, you know? Nothing to do with me, but God wanted to move. And um, I just responded in simple obedience. And the reason I'm sharing this is because you have the same Holy Spirit inside of you. I don't know where you guys are at. I've never been here in my life. But um, if you are a born-again believer, you, I believe you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, and you can do all these same things and more. And what you see the disciples doing uh, in the Bible, in the book of Acts, for example, that should be our goal. That, should not, that shouldn't be, wow, that's a cool story. Okay, you know, back to Sunday church, just doing my thing. It's like, wow, no, God, I want, to, I want to do that. I want to do those things. I want to burn for you like they did. You know, I'm, I'm not happy where I am. I want to burn for you. Jesus, you are worthy of my life. You are worthy of more uh, than what I'm currently giving. And so... Um, yeah, so those guys, their lives got radically changed. <laughs> Praise God, you know, which is amazing. Um, yeah. So, let me think. I will just share one or two more, uh, one or two more testimonies. I was in the gym a couple of weeks ago in England, and... Um, I was walking past, getting some weights or whatever, and then there was a guy sat on the bench, roughly 16 years old, I think, a guy called Joe. God told me to talk to him, so I did, share Jesus with him. And uh, he wasn't walking with the Lord, but he said, it's crazy that you're talking to me right now about Jesus and about the gospel, because for the past month, my friend, I've only got one Christian friend, and he's been telling me about Jesus, and I've been interested, and I want, I want, Jesus, I, I want to know God, I want, I'm, I'm interested in uh, Christianity. You know, I want to know this more. And so he's got one Christian friend that's been ministering to him. And I said, okay, that's awesome. I shared some testimonies from, that happened a couple of days before uh, with him and um, just basically shared the conviction of like, why would you wait? Many people are like, oh, maybe I'll take it seriously when I'm older. You don't know how long you've got, you know? Eternity is just around the corner. You could get it. Oh, maybe I shouldn't say this. You get hit by a bus tomorrow, you know. Like, it, it could, tomorrow is not guaranteed. There is an urgency on this message. The, the Bible says this life is but a vapor, you know. And so, um, so I was talking to him about that, and I was sharing that, and he said, yeah, you're right, actually, I don't want to wait. He made that decision for Jesus, gave his heart to the Lord. The same day, I receive a voice memo on Instagram uh, from a guy that... Uh, I, the Lord used me to lead to Christ a couple months ago in a different area, same city, different area. And so uh, I preached to him a couple months before he got saved and we were staying in contact through Instagram but hadn't messaged him in ages. Anyway, out of nowhere, he voice memos me and says, bro, this is crazy. But for the past month, I've been ministering to my friend, telling him about Jesus. And he said he just met this guy called Max in the gym and gave his heart to the Lord and prayed. So... That's crazy, isn't it? When I heard that voice memo, you should have seen my face. I was like, what? No way. It was amazing. So um, it's just, 
amazing how God works. He's such a divine orchestrator. And we just get to be his hands and feet. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, um, which God pre- prepared in advance for us to do. And so it's a gift to be the hands and feet of God. And uh, I hope I can encourage you to do the same. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was cool. Um, maybe I'll share a couple other testimonies later. But I just want to share some things in my heart. Forgive me if I keep looking at my phone. Um, I just want to see my notes. So, God does desire for us to take people with us to heaven. I don't want to get there and be empty-handed, you know? I don't want to get there and be reminded of the people that I missed out because I'd rather be comfortable and give place to fear of man, even though God's word said I haven't been given a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. Um, So... God desires for us to take people with us and uh, not to go empty-handed. Um, so it's not by power nor by might, but it's by his spirit that these things happen. We can't do any of this on our own, but it's by the spirit of the living God and that simple partnership, as I was saying. Um, and so, and in terms of like, as some of you are thinking like, dang, I, I want more of Jesus. I want to burn for God. I I want to preach the gospel. I want to know Jesus. I want to make Jesus known. You know, I don't. I want to be His hands and feet. I don't just want to be comfortable where I'm at. I want more. Um, I truly believe the heart behind preaching the gospel and having a greater zeal for God is birthed in the secret place. And it's, you might think that's weird because you look at people like uh, George Whitfield from the UK and. People's, he was such an amazing preacher. People claimed that you could hear his voice from two miles away without a microphone. This was like in the 1800s, I believe. Um, John Wesley, who preached three sermons a day, every day of his life in London, uh, and actually founded the original circuit rider movement, for those of you that don't know. Um, those are amazing things, and you're like, dang, I want that, you know, and we just... Sometimes me and my friends in London, we can be a bit over radical and just sort of go, yeah, let's just go outside and be loud and make a noise. But really, if you don't have love and compassion and if you don't have that real heart for souls and actually seeing people snatched from the fire, as it says in Jude, uh, the book of Jude, but, um, then you're just going to be a noisy gong, you know, and that means nothing to God. We want to have a real love for people and a real heart for people. And where is that birth? It's birth in the secret place, being with him, because he'll rub off on you. Does that make sense? When you're with him, he'll give you, uh, trying to get my words right. When you're with him, he will give you his heart for those around you. Uh, and it's nothing we can do on, on our own. I don't know about you guys, but before I was a Christian, I didn't see anybody healed or delivered. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing, you know? We cannot do this in our own strength or our flesh. It's, it's by the Holy Spirit. Um, yeah, so, does anyone know Luke 10, 38 to 42? Martha, Mary, uh, sorry, Mary, Martha's sister. Um, she's amazing, probably my favorite character in the Bible. Um, it talks about how they, they invited Jesus in their house. Martha was very busy doing things, preparing for the guests. She was busy doing good stuff, but she was distracted from the master. She was distracted from the living God in her own house, you know, uh, too busy for God. And a lot of us are like that, um, myself included, 100%. So... But Mary uh, sat at the feet of the Lord, gazed at his face, listened to him. And Jesus said, uh, one thing is needed. She's chosen the better portion. She's chosen the better portion. And so I really believe being with uh, Jesus 
in this secret place is where you get to know his, his heart and where he rubs off on you and where you become truly effective for the gospel. God is love. And so how can we love if we don't know him or his love for us, you know? First uh, John 4.19 says, we love because he first loved us. So I really believe it's birthed in the secret place. It's birthed when you ask, you will receive. When you knock, the door be open. When you seek, you will find. So my, I, like, I can't do anything for you guys just through visiting on a Sunday service and just saying a couple things that will hopefully inspire you. you know? That will fizzle out. You have to kindle that flame. And you have to put those logs on the, on the fire. Otherwise, it will burn out. So it's really important that um, anything you receive from the Lord today, and I, I pray you do receive from the Lord today, uh, that you would go home and that you would pray into it, that you would say, God, like, I want to burn for you. You know, I, I want to be like the people in the Bible. I, I want to be like Stephen who did not love his, his own life too much uh, or to hold on to it, you know, or like Paul um, who, said, who said to live is Christ, to die is gain. That's a crazy statement, but I, I want to know what he really meant and I want to have his heart, you know. We cry out for those things in the secret place and, and that's where um, uh, this real Christian life is birthed, I believe. Does that make sense? Cool. I'm trying to be as clear as possible. So these are approximate statistics. I don't know the exact figure. Probably no one does. But I've heard many times that only 3% of the church globally uh, share their faith or preach the gospel. 3%. Um, Jesus said in Matthew 28, go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, and surely I'll be with you until the end of the age. Jesus told us all to do that. And I believe in the gospel of Mark, it says, proclaim the gospel, preach the gospel. He's saying that to the disciples. He didn't say, okay, Philip, the evangelist, come over here. You know, Peter, you're pretty evangelical as well. You can come. You guys stay over here. You can just, you know, serve at the church. You can stay over there. I'll just talk to Philip and Peter for a second. Okay, guys, preach the gospel, you know. He didn't do that. He's talking to all the disciples, saying, preach the gospel to all nations. Um, And so we are all disciples of Jesus Christ, correct? So we are all called to preach the gospel as well. And I'm not, uh, I don't, I'm not judging you guys. I have no clue if you preach the gospel or not, but I just hope that this can sort of encourage you a little bit. So 3% approximately of the church share their faith. 1% of the church globally have led a soul to Jesus Christ. 1%. Does that shock anyone like it does me? It's crazy. So this is not to judge or, or to bring shame on anything or anyone because we're all just as broken and as in need of Jesus Christ as each other. Uh, but I hope it can convict you to say, I want to do something. Love is action. I believe it says in 1 John, uh, let us not love in word or speech, but in deed and in truth um, and in action. And so <clears throat> uh, we have to go out there. We have to be a light to the world. It's worth it. And the joy of knowing that, the joy of doing that, sorry, far surpasses the joy of just being comfortable and trying to live just the life that we want to and just add a sprinkle of Jesus when we feel like it. Um, if you really love him, you will want him to have what he paid for. Yeah? Um, and so everything we do in this life that is not for his glory will fade away. Uh, if, it's, if we don't do it for the glory of God, if we don't do it uh, for the sake of Jesus receiving his reward, if we don't do it out of our love for him, it will all be a waste and it will fade away on the last day. It won't be worth it. Um, so whatever you do, do for the glory of God. And so 
I know I've already sort of touched on this, but when we say things like preaching the gospel is only for the evangelists, what we're doing, I believe, is we're limiting the eternal gospel to a gifting, uh, which is a scary thing to do. We have no right to do that. Um, giftings will fade away. The gospel won't. The Bible says the gifts will fade away. The gospel will have or not. I just said that. Sorry. Um, it's a command from Jesus to every believer to preach the gospel of the kingdom, make disciples, disciples followers of Yeshua, of all nations. The evangelists are simply there to equip the church to preach the gospel properly. Yeah? They're not the ones that are just there to preach the gospel. They're doing, I guess you could say, what I'm doing right now, which is just telling people this is what we need to do, you know? Um, but we're all called to preach the gospel, whether you're like a doctor or you work in a grocery store or you work in the church, whatever. We're called to make disciples. We're called to preach the gospel. We're called to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers and cast out devils. Every single one of us. Yeah? Praise God. Okay. So, um, awesome. I've already said that. Give me one second. Something I like to pray pretty much every day when I, when I think to do it. Uh, a pastor that I love who, who, who pastors the church in Germany. Anyone heard of Ben Fitzgerald? Yeah. Um, I love that guy. And something he said once, uh, which really inspired me, was just saying, if we, if we pray a prayer every day, when you wake up or whatever, when you go out to leave your house and you go out into the world and you step into your mission field, um, if you just pray, Lord, use me to touch at least one person today uh, for your namesake. Um, I really believe you will see a huge difference in, in, in the fruit of the gospel going forth in this world. And uh, I started doing that, and I'm not kidding, it started to happen, like every time. It was crazy. It's almost as if God hears our prayers, you know? Um, so I would just encourage you to do that. I really hope that you can, just that little thing, just God, use me to touch at least one person today. If, let's not love our lives so much that we hold on to it. Jesus said, if you hold on to your life, you'll lose it. And you say, oh, well, I'm good. I show up to church. Nope. Every day, deny yourself daily. Pick up your cross and follow Jesus Christ. Don't hold on to your life so much to hold on to it, but give it to him and you will find life in doing that. Uh, if, you, if you lose it for my sake, Jesus said, you will find it. Uh, so worth it. Um, and yeah, many won't do this. Uh, Many people will just put this off and say, I'll let the next person do that. That's a reality. I can guarantee um, that that will happen with some people. Um, maybe it's because they're afraid of man's opinion of them and it's a fear of man thing. Or maybe it's because they generally don't care about souls, you know, and that fire isn't there. And there's no shame. But those are two very big realities. Uh, and I believe both, both of those things, I, I think they're huge problems. Fear, uh, uh, fear of man and just a passivity and a complacency to really live a laid down life for Jesus. And those two things I really believe are strongly caused by a lack of the fear of the Lord. Um, and uh, yeah, in, in the book of Acts, we see the church walking in such glory, right? Does anyone read that and just think, this actually happened? Like a guy fell out of a window and Paul just said, he's fine, and just picked him back up. And he, <laughs> that's crazy, you know? Um, they walked in such boldness and authority and saw the kingdom of heaven so greatly and evidently at hand. 
Uh, and I believe it's really because the fear of the Lord and obedience to his voice was so much greater uh, than what the church are currently walking in. And so I really believe we need to come back to that fear of the Lord and being at his feet and saying, Jesus, you are Lord. I'm not Lord. I've given up lordship to you. I've given you the steering wheel of my life. You're in control now. Um, spend time looking at him, not Instagram or whatever, you know? Um, I really believe that will change things. Um, and so, yeah, in that day, we see in the book of Acts, the flesh was crucified. Jesus was honored more than we've ever seen in the church before. Um, and it was an incredible thing to witness. And I really believe that we are called to walk in that same power and that same glory, um, which is an amazing thing. And you'll find that God just uses you in such radical ways when you just simply say yes to him. It's not about just like, oh, well, I prayed for six hours this morning. I woke up at 3 a.m. and I'm really tired now, but hey, I'm, you know, I, I must be on fire, so it's good. You know, now I can go and, and preach the gospel, and now I can do the Christian things. Or what I see in the book of Acts, I can go and do those things now. No, it's not about that. It's just simply s- surrendering your heart to Jesus. We never earned salvation, and we can't keep it either. You know, uh, but you, you surrendered when you when you came to Jesus. You gave up your rights. You gave up your entitlements and offenses. You gave up your own life. And so we have to do that every day. Many people think it's a one-time decision. And then that's it and you're good. You know, that's your free ticket to heaven. But it's a daily denial of self and surrendering everything to him every day and living for the author of life. Um, Does that make sense? Cool. Okay. Is everyone still awake? Okay, good. Um, Cool. So next time you go to the supermarket or the grocery store or your workplace, don't just get your food, you know, ask Jesus to give you his heart for the people around you. Be his hands and feet. Um, be a faithful witness to him, to him who gave his life on the cross and, and wore a crown of thorns in, in, in shame and took on the shame of the cross. who was nailed to a tree uh, for you to give him everything. He wants to use you. He wants to partner with each and every one of you, even if you feel worthless or like a failure. That's not what Christ says about you. That's not your identity. That's not who you are. Um, You're called to pick up your cross. You're called to let go of that life that maybe is a failure or an addict or whatever. And you're called to to live for the the living God, the one who's perfect, who never sinned. We're called to live for him. I love Colossians 3, the first couple verses. It says, since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts and things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you have died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. That's a crazy statement. They're saying we have died. Our life is now hidden with Christ in God. And we will start to feel purposeless, purposeless again if we hold on to our lives again and if we, if we just forget about Jesus, and we start to just focus on us, you know? Um, But so long as we are looking at the Lord, that simple turning of our affections to Jesus, we will find life in that. Anyone know Corey Ten Boom? Amazing woman of God. Um, I love this this, uh, quote that she says. She said, if you look at the world, you'll be depressed. If you look within, you'll be distressed. But if you look at Christ, you will be at rest. That's amazing, isn't it? Many of us, um, 
we're struggling with so many things in our life and we think we need 10,000 counseling sessions and this medication and that medication. That's not in the Bible. We just need to look at Jesus and let go of our own lives and our problems. I'm so included in this as well. Um, I have to remind myself of this every day. Um, but sim- I find, does anyone else find that they're most at peace, most at rest and filled with the most joy when they simply just forget about themselves and just look at him? Yeah? Isn't it so simple? The gospel is so simple. It's, it can't be earned. Um, it's freely given. God loves us and there's nothing we can do about it. We can't escape his love. So, praise God. So, I'm almost done, I promise. Um, yeah. And so, going along with what I said, there's a verse that I love, Hebrews 5, 7. Um, and it's Paul talking about the, the life of Jesus. And I think it's such a great example. I mean, of course, Jesus is the best example, but uh, for how we should live our Christian lives. And it says, During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. So because he was submitted to God in reverence, in awe and wonder, in fear of the Lord, he was heard and God, God met him and God was with him, obviously. He was Jesus, yeah. Um, but Jesus models that life. He's the son of God. All creation worships him, yet he humbled himself uh, to, to be a human, to be a baby in a manger, to be crucified on a cross, you know. And we want to have that same humility, not holding on to our lives, but going low uh, and looking at him. And I'm, I'm preaching to myself here as well. So I hope that this can um, inspire some people. Um, that's mostly what I wanted to say. But if uh, you feel your heart racing right now, or if you feel God is speaking to you and you feel that you want more of the fire of God and you want to preach the gospel and you want to make that commitment in your heart to, to just say, Jesus, I'd, I'm not happy with where I'm at. I want, I want to see your glory and I want to be your hands and feet and I want more of you. Um, and you, you want that fire of the Holy Spirit to possess your life. And I would love you to just make a bold move and stand up right now. And there's no shame. No one's looking at you, but... Um, and we're just going to pray a prayer, and I'm going to pray this prayer as well, because I want this too. Um, but I really believe making these public declarations and these decisions really change things. It's, a, it's an outward declaration of what we're doing on the inside. And so if you are not going to live a life that matches the words we're about to pray, please sit back down, okay? Because um, this is really important, and God sees this, and he sees your private life as well. He sees when you're not in the church building, you know? We want to live... Like his eyes are always on us because they are. Um, Psalm 17, 8 says, keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me under the shadow of your wings. So let's pray this prayer. And we're just gonna really, with our hearts, speak to the living God and say, I want you to have everything. I want you to possess my life with this fire. So feel free to close your eyes and look at the Lord, whatever it looks like, raise your hands, do some star jumps. I don't know, whatever you feel comfortable with. (laughs) However you connect with the Lord. But anyway, so let's repeat. <laughs> Sorry, this is early. Um, repeat this after me. Say, Jesus, Jesus, thank you that you died for me on the cross. Thank you that you were risen from the dead. And you left us with the Holy Spirit. 
You said greater works than what I have done you will do. You said you'd baptize us with the Holy Spirit and fire. I want that. So Holy Spirit, fill me with the fire of the living God. I don't want to leave this church building the same way that I walked in. Birth in me a supernatural hunger and fire for the living God. I want to know you, Jesus. I want to be your hands and feet. I want to be salt and light in this earth. I want to see your glory and make your name known. Don't let me go to heaven empty-handed. Use me for your glory. Rest on my life. And fill me with the fire of your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And Lord, I just thank you so much that you are alive, Jesus. You are, you are on the throne. There is no one beside you or above you, Lord. Heaven is your throne. The earth is your footstool. We love you, Lord. So we pray, Holy Spirit, fill us with the love of God. Because if we preach, but we don't have love, we're just a noisy gong and we have nothing. We don't want to be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal, God. We want to be your hands and feet. We want to really love you, Lord. We want to give you what you desire. We want you to have what you paid for in our lives. Um, we say it's a privilege, Lord, that we get to partner with you, Lord, that we get to be obedient to your voice and we get to live for you and bring the kingdom of heaven uh, to this earth. We get to be a light in this world, Jesus. We just say that our lives aren't our own, God. So I pray for every person in this room, myself included, that your Holy Spirit would rest upon us in a tangible way, God, and that you would burn in our hearts, Jesus. Don't let this fire burn out, Lord. Grip our hearts, God. Don't let us be the same, Lord. Even the kids, there's no junior Holy Ghost. So God, we ask that the hungry will be filled. So we ask for this, God. We ask for more of you. We ask for all that you are to, to possess our lives, Lord Jesus. We want the truth. There are demons roaming around in this world and Jesus Christ is needed by every soul. And we have the living God. We have the solution to cancer. We have the solution to human trafficking. We have the solution to drug addictions and every other thing, whatever it might be. We have the solution to that. And so I pray, God, that you would awaken our souls, God, that you would awaken us on the inside to see all that you are, Lord, and to live for you and to respond in obedience, in right obedience. As Stephen, he saw you on the throne in glory and he said, you're worth being stoned to death for. That's not even a problem. That's not even something I have to consider. Um, so Jesus, thank you. As Paul said, to live is Christ, to die is gain. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself as a ransom for me. We want that same heart cry, God. So fill us with the Holy Spirit, the real thing. God, may we hate what you hate and love what you love. So I just pray for that in the name, a real hatred for what you hate, Lord. A real love for what you love in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. Don't leave us the same. May our bedrooms become our intercessory uh, rooms, God, in Jesus' name. And may, may our workplaces and our families and friends, may they become our mission field, God. 
Not that we're just preaching at people, but that we are loving them and being a witness for Christ to them, Lord. Um, so I pray, God, mark our lives for your glory. Have what you paid for. There is a, there is a high calling on every person's life in this room. Um, and it's not something that you earn. It's something that God desired to put in you. If you don't accept it, he'll find someone else. That's no problem for him. But it is a great privilege uh, to be used by God and, and to be uh, a good and faithful servant that is far more important than anything else. So I pray you grip every heart to receive this today, God, and not to, um, not to pass this opportunity by. It is a great privilege, Lord Jesus. So would you burn in our hearts in Jesus' name and leave us never the same. Raise up your people here. Raise up preachers of the gospel, Lord Jesus. Raise up those that will love you and will burn for you by the fire of your Holy Spirit, God. Um, and raise up Mary's, Lord. Mary of Bethany, Lord, raise up, give us that heart, Jesus, where we recognize that you are above all things, Lord, and that there would be no idol in our lives. And Lord, if there is idols, if there's fear, if there's complacency, we just re I rebuke that spirit and I command those things to leave in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that there'd be a baptism of the fire and the Holy Ghost, Lord Jesus. Leave no life the same in this room. And I pray, Lord, you use 12 disciples in the upper room. I pray you use us today. Uh, for your glory in Jesus' name. May we be more consumed of you than anything else, even our own lives. So Jesus, we love you. We say, have what you paid for. Have what you paid for. And we give you all the glory in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.